Welcome to The Bolt, the official podcast of Trinity Basin Preparatory, a charter school in the Dallas-Fort Worth area, where we share interesting stories and strategies from across our district. I'm Connor Rogers. With me, as always, is my co-host, Mr. Trey. Hey, Connor. How are you today? I am fine and dandy because I have listened to the song Hard Candy Christmas. Lord, it's like a hard candy Christmas. Thank you. Thank you for the recommendation. Absolutely. It was... It is like a power through song. Like I'm going to, it's tough, but I'm going to power through. Yeah. It's very sweet. It's uh, yeah, it's kind of rough around the edges, but it's got that sweet, uh, sweet charm to it for sure. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yes. So you always ask me how I am. How, how are you? I'm good. I'm good. Um, I'm fine and dandy as well. I'm, uh, yeah, I'm really good. Okay. Are you excited about a new season of the, I am a new season of the podcast, a new season of the year. Fresh Mm -hmm. off our break. Yeah. School season, so to speak. New season, new facial hair for you. How do you mean? You didn't know. You didn't have the goatee the last time I saw you. I did. Oh no, you didn't. Yes, I did. This is how I've. This is how it's always been for sure, hundred percent. Maybe it's a little. I didn't know. I didn't know if you were doing like a bit. Of like, no, 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 there's no. Trey, bit. I noticed you uh, grew out a ponytail over the break. I'm like, no, nah, now I got to do this. Great. Yeah, no, uh, no, no, no. This is how it's always been. Is it? Okay. Does it look different? Maybe it's something about it look different. So. Maybe it's a little well, longer or something. You're, look, you're looking great. You're oh, looking thanks. fabulous. Okay. <laughs> so today, we saw you at campus, and you had your whole. Uh, you assembled your whole crew. Oof, you, you yes. Know, you blew with a magic conch shell and summoned your team. Yes. And. You guys were, why don't you tell us what you're doing? So we completed today our, oh gosh, I don't know, months, at least months long uh, project of uh, getting our second through eighth grade classrooms, 12 computers per class, 12 Chromebooks per classroom. Uh, The standard prior to that was six and they were six Windows machines and they were uh, Windows machines, sorry. um, And they were outdated and underperforming. Um, We kind of ran into stuff at the beginning of the year with iStation not running the proper way. Um, so we teamed together with the academics department and said, you know, what do we want to do to address this? Um, and it took a lot of time. So it's, it was 12 computers, 70 towers, uh, 12 computers per tower, 70 towers that we had to build. Luckily we got some help from our, uh, maintenance staff. Um, shout out to Ralph and Ezekiel and Mr. Trantham at Panola for helping us out. But, um, yeah, we had to wire each one, and it's one cord at a time through each tower 70 times. So it's it's a very tedious task and very daunting, um, but thanks to the team, we got it done. That's No, that was amazing. And what, what I found interesting about it is while you're assembling this thing, you have an earbud in your ear, and you're listening to a podcast to get ready for today. Yeah. So that's just dedication. That's how dedicated you are. I was listening to our podcast. No, I'm kidding. I'm not. But somebody <laughs> walked by and said, are you listening to your own podcast? And I was like, come on. I'm, I'm, I'm vain, that. but I'm not yeah. Um, and then something else, this is, you just been on my mind a lot because at least two different people I've talked to about their Christmas break, they said, uh, they've mentioned Branson, Missouri. Yeah. Which is where your origin story, right? That's my origin story. Yes. Okay. And, uh, I don't know if we want to give a peek behind the curtain there, or if this will stay in, but, uh, I'm, we're recording this prior to going on our break a few days before, um, but, um, yeah, so maybe we won't let this in cause we said the whole thing about coming back to school, but, uh, spending new year's Eve, uh, and a couple of days in Branson this year, which I have not been back in probably 10 years or so. Um, oh. but yeah, so I'm going back to old BMO. <laughs> BMO. BMO. Branson Mo. No, I get it. I get show the, me state. I get the BMO. Um, but so there's something called Silver Dollar City. Yeah. Okay. Tell me about that. I just <laughs> found out about this yesterday. So Silver Dollar City is a little theme park. And as I say little, it's probably much bigger than the last time I saw it. But it's this theme park in Branson. Um, been there for years and years and years. 20, 30, 40 years. Um, it's a little 
country. Uh, you know, it's in the Ozarks, so it's got that kind of uh, home style feel to it. Um, so it's not like a big Six Flags type, you know, uh, theme park and uh, with uh, franchise Disney characters or right. Warner Brothers characters or anything. Um, but it's kind of like this little family style uh, theme park, which I've actually performed at. My family's performed there several years. We've gone there several years. It's, it's, it's a, a magician or uh-huh. a musician? And <laughs> not as a musician. <laughs> I need to enunciate better. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, my sister and brother-in-law, when we moved up there, had a dogs a dog show with like a magic and dog show. So they do like magic tricks and stuff or illusions. Of course, stage <laughs> illusions, illusions, Michael. Illusions, Michael. Um, but also um, they would use dogs in their act because they had like 16, 20 dogs or something that, you know, were pets and they put in the show uh, and then the second act would feature the dogs more heavily and they do like this agility course and divide the, the crowd up to a red team and a blue team and you guys are cheering for these dogs and then they'd like run them over like kind of like a Westminster well maybe not Westminster they didn't show but, these dogs yeah, off yeah, yeah. like, 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 like the little things like frame and, and hurdles the, and stuff like that yeah, yeah. so um, but yeah, then like so. would they make the dogs disappear and like hundred <laughs> percent or they turn doves into a dog or they, yeah, what? they saw a dog in half. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh my God. No dogs are harmed in the making of those shows. Okay. I just want to point that okay. out. Sounds rough. Yeah. <laughs> oh God. Uh, okay. And then, um, speaking of animals, let's talk about, um, rabbits and how, how far Is down. Is this more about magic? And a little bit of magic, childhood, <laughs> okay. childhood magic. Okay. How far into the Disney plus rabbit hole are you right now? I am not that far, so I still have the subscription. Um, I didn't abandon after the week trial, although maybe I should have. But I've only watched a couple of Disney movies and uh, The Mandalorian. That's really? That's about it. That surprises me. Yeah. I thought you would have gone like two and a half seasons into X-Men, the animated series. or You know what? I tried to watch um, the Spider-Man animated series a few years ago, and it's really – there's so much of it. There's so much more than I thought it was that it's kind of a daunting thing. Um, and I don't know that it – holds up as well as I want it to. Some of those things, your memory of them is better yeah, than it actually Yeah, 100 percent I don't is. want to destroy that. Um, I also noticed uh, for the first like two or three days of Disney Plus, I was just watching shows to hear the theme songs. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> I gotta hear this theme song again. And then I'd get into the episode and go, yeah, I don't need to watch this. Like Chip in. Yeah, Chip and Dale Rescue Rangers hundred percent. Yep. Yep. okay. So what are we talking about today? New season? What's the topic? New season. So today, and this is this has come up. This is something that I have heard a lot lately. I don't know if it's a coincidence, um, but we're talking about self care, and I don't know if it's because we just came back from a break that um, that this is kind of a topic on everybody's mind. Like we need to reset, we need to rejuvenate ourselves. But uh, I was talking to a counselor, Miss Tipton, at um, Jefferson the other day, and they said that that's what they're going to spend uh, their next you know, in school PD over is self-care. And I said, what a coincidence. Uh, we've got an episode with Carrie Conover coming up talking about self-care. Self, she's got a whole month themed on self-care. So mm-hmm. we're talking about self-care. Yeah. Yeah. So this, I guess it's kind of like two parts self-care because we're doing one with, with some guests from TBP who I think these are phenomenal people. Great. Yeah, we got, absolutely. We got Ashley Carrion from Pafford and Joel Peels from Ledbetter and great, great time to get into self-care. And so it is that time of year people start making news resolutions, you know, and I remember something, I think it was back in episode eight, Brooklyn Robinson said, mm-hmm. you should make your own New Year's resolution on your actual birthday. Yeah. Which that stuck with me. But, you know, there's nothing wrong with making a New Year's resolution at New Year's. Sure. And as long as you can stick with it, that's the hard part, right? That is. That's, yeah. uh, that's, now, have you heard people going around saying this New Year, New Me? I think I've heard that before. Yeah, that's the, the, like, the thing people yeah. say. Yeah, uh, I don't, I don't care for Not it. Not buying it. No, because 
I could say, you know, 2020, new year, new me. Mm-hmm. I'm still going to make dad jokes. Yeah. I'm, I'm still going to eat my mason jar salads, uh-huh. you know? So it's not new me. I like, I think we should rephrase it. New year, better me. Better me. I like that. Okay. I like that. So it's not as catchy, but I think it's more accurate. So the, the idea is teachers spend so much time and energy making sure everything is just right for their students. And especially Christmas, they buy all these gifts for their students and they make all these things for their students and they just go the extra mile day in and day out for their students. Mm-hmm. But how much time and energy do they spend taking care of their cells? My guess is not enough. Oh, sorry, I, I should say, let me rephrase. Yeah. How much time and energy do they spend taking care of themselves? My guess is not enough. If it's anything like my time and energy that I spend on myself, not enough. Yeah. Not enough. So we want to talk about, you got to take care of yourself. Absolutely. So, all right. Let's get into it. All right. Here we go. My name is Joel Pulis, and I am a fourth grade teacher at the Ledbetter campus teaching ELAR and Texas history. I'm Ashley Carrion, and I teach first grade at the Pafford campus. Welcome to both of you. Thank you. Absolutely. Thanks Thanks for being here. Yeah, we're really excited. Um, So it's a topic, and it's a pretty broad topic of teacher self-care, so we're going to go in all kinds of different directions. Um, So I thought we'd start talking about time management, because that's a topic I just see like kind of over and over again. So maybe we just start like when you hear the words time management, what what comes to mind? Priorities. You kind of have your priorities in mind and know what you want to get done. So when you say priorities, do you do you mean like what you want to spend the most time on? That's your priority. Okay. Yeah. Or not even what you want to always. It could be what you need to get done too. Could mm-hmm. go in there on that. Yeah. Needs versus wants. Okay. Mm-hmm. When I first read it, I was I was thinking more of you know like just the time management outside of class. And yeah. so not related to in class, but just, um, I mean, I th- think for me, I've had a, I'm only a second year teacher, but having some mentors that just, you know, talked about like leave school at school. And so kind of, mm. you know, I, I might stay late and, you know, not leave till five o'clock, but kind of leaving it behind at that point. So mm. that's one way that I manage my time as a teacher. Yeah. So what you're talking about then is like a boundary. So yeah, like just a boundary up until the, I'm going to work hard at school up until this time, but then Absolutely. I need to walk away and. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, so do you guys do any system to like help you manage your time or help to stay organized? Do you use calendars? How do you? I'm just a to-do list guy. Um, my dad growing up just would always like on in summer days, like leave me a to-do list, you know, mm-hmm. uh, clean the pool, sweep this, whatever. And so I just, I don't know why I, I kind of resent it looking back, <laughs> but he trained me well to, you know, have some lists. So I just you know, have the things that are the priorities and try to, to focus on those and get them done in a day. Okay. So is that a, ri- I'm going to just pry a lot because Trey knows I like to do a little bit of digging. He likes to do a little <laughs> bit of digging. That's uh, right. So is it like, is that written on your computer? Is it digital? Do you post it by your desk or? It, sometimes it's posted note and then like I use an app, um, Wonderlist kind of for my mm. bigger things. Okay. And then like, I'll even use like the iPhone app sometimes just for the things that I need a reminder on or whatever. So it's kind of a variety of methods. Okay. Do you, oh, using a variety of methods, do you feel like that's easier or, or harder? Um, I think it's, I think it's pretty easy. Yeah. Cause I mean, again, the, each method is kind of focused. So, I mean, there's like, I think the post-it notes, like something I need to get done before I leave, mm. you know, before mm-hmm. lunch or whatever. Okay. So that's a school day kind of list. Um, the Apple phone might be something that just, I need a reminder on walking out the door or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then Wonderlist is usually when I'm kind of doing longer term things. Um, 
like yeah. bigger projects, bigger projects. Okay. Yeah. And, and, and kind of just even visionary stuff sometimes like I'll have a, you know, be at a, a conference or be in someone else's classroom and see something and be like, Ooh, you know, when I get some time, I need to create this for my class or whatever. Um, mm. that might be go on that list. Interesting. I too use Wonderless, but I use it as my, um, kind of catch all for things like you just wrote down uh, a movie. Oh, I need to watch that movie. I have a watch this, a get this, a, mm-hmm. a do this, a listen to this. So if I hear something on a podcast, like, Oh, I'd like to watch that movie when I have time. Mm-hmm. It's kind of my collection of personal stuff to yeah. do. And so does your wonderless just say like, watch episode two of the Mandalorian, watch episode three of the Mandalorian. Watch That's episode very four. specific. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's what I imagine it would be. Um, I'm really big on calendars. So I have two, I have my school calendar, which is like a planner a physical planner, a not physical, a digital. No, no, no. Mm. I don't do well with digital. Like, I have to write it down. So all my school stuff goes in my planner one. And then I have one at home that hangs in our kitchen, too. And that's where my husband and I will collectively put stuff so that I can keep track of what's going on outside of our jobs and what we need to get done either together or separately or where he'll be, where I'll be. And I don't ever put school stuff on my home one, but I will put home stuff on my school one just because, like I said, it's in my planner. I wrote it. I see it. And if I write it, I remember it 100 times better. Um, And sticky notes don't always work for me because I will place them somewhere and find it two weeks later and be like, (laughs) oh, yeah, I was supposed to do that. So in my planner, I purposely bought one that had like a note section next to the calendar. And I'll add my notes there, even if it's like in a meeting that we need to get something done, add it real quick there. And it helps me remember. And then I see it repetitively. So, yeah. And what you guys both hit on is, um, I went to this training, and it, was, and it was all about captures. So the idea of a capture is a system that you would write down an idea that's in your head, so that way you wouldn't have to remember it, and you could go retrieve it from that capture, wherever that is. So you said, like, if I see something in the classroom, or what Trey was saying, I, I need to, like, oh, watch that movie or something. So then it goes to that capture, and ideally, if you're organized, you can go retrieve it. Mm-hmm. But then the thing, I, th- I think people struggle with this, is... I think Joel's sticky note system works really well. But I think because you said I use the sticky notes for short-term tasks that need to get done before lunch. But I think some people just write a whole bunch of stuff on sticky notes down. <laughs> and then if it doesn't transfer to that planner or that calendar, mm-hmm. right. like what it good is it? lost. Yeah. Right. I think that's the key. And I'm working on this myself is the carryover. Like, okay, I have the, here's six things I want to get done today. And maybe you don't get to them all today. And then making sure that that carries over to the next day's list or the next week's list. Sometimes if I don't, if I get to that list and I just miss something, but then the page is turned and I'm on to the next day, I completely come back to that until somebody's like, Hey, uh, what about this? <laughs> oh, you know what? That was on my list. <laughs> mm-hmm. Five pages back. Um, so it's a physical over. paper thing and you turn the page, then it's out of sight, out of mind. Out of sight, out of mind. Exactly. So, okay. So let me give you an example or let, let me first ask a clarifying question. Mm-hmm. So do you, what, let's say you, you walk in. Tuesday morning, you've got that list of six things. Do you then assign a time to each task? I, I would love to. Mm-hmm. I don't think that's realistic. Because of the nature of your job with people asking <sighs> you for stuff? Yeah, but I feel like that's the nature of all of our jobs, right? Because we're, we're taking, you guys are taking care of students. We're, we're helping out teachers and other staff members and stuff just comes up. And mm-hmm. so the idea of planning something. Now, if it's a meeting, obviously I'll need to, like if it's not on my calendar, yeah. I'm not going to be there. Chances are. Right. Um, I had Miss Austin show up in my office uh, uh, last week and go, you ready? I go, yeah. For what now? Um, oh. <laughs> because oh. we had talked about having a meeting and I didn't, it was a calendar. Didn't invite. go in your captures. Didn't go in my capture. Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then, so I kind of had to, you know, get ready on the fly and it was fine. But yeah, if it's not on my calendar and it's a time thing, it's out the window for me. Mm-hmm. So. 
I don't know if I answered your question. Um, well, you, so you, you were saying that system wouldn't be helpful for you, mm -hmm. designing times. So what would help you then? I don't know. Just uh, focusing more on it, uh, getting better at it. And that's something I'm working on. Like every, I've told you before that I am notoriously guilty for coming up with a, what I think is a great system and it works for like a week until it doesn't work anymore because of one little piece. And then I kind of have to like abandon it and go, okay, well maybe this will work. And I'm sure my team is tired of me coming up with, with these things like, <laughs> okay, here's how we're going to get organized. And then it doesn't really work up here. It, it works great. And in the planning stage is like, how could this fail? And then life happens and life gets in the way. Right. And then it's like, okay, maybe this isn't the best idea. So you kind of have to adjust on the fly. So I don't know. I don't know how to answer that question with how to make it work. Well, I think you're, you're, there's, I'm going to, I'm sorry guys. I'm just <laughs> digging into Mr. Trey's personal life here, but figure me out. So, uh, Good luck. like why there's two things in that answer. There's mm -hmm. one is you keeping yourself organized and you organizing your team. Right. So if you have a technology tool, mm -hmm. e.g. Slack, mm -hmm. but the team isn't using it, sure. then it's not the best tool for that team. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. No, you're, but you're I, I right. think Slack is great. That was not a knock on Slack. I was just using it no, as an and, example. No, and actually that's why we're using it at campuses is actually Manolo brought it to us and we started using it and kind of found out that this was really working for us and said, oh, maybe the, the campuses will like that too. And some ran with it. Some were like, no, it's in for us. We kind of have our own thing going. And some, mm -hmm. I know Ledbetter, Ms. Humphreys come to me a couple of times saying, I really want to get that going. I need to learn it so we can get, you know, I can get the staff using it. Um, but it has been a real great, um, I don't know about planning tool, but definitely a better communication tool for us all. Hmm. So. Do you, do you guys use the Slack at Ledbetter or not? Yeah, we do not. Very, yeah, yeah very minimally. Yeah. Pafford's like a little bit. We use like, it a little less than we did yeah. before, like when we first got it. But mm -hmm. I mean, like teachers will still post pictures on there yeah. and stuff to kind of say like, look what we did today. And that's always cool to look at. I think yeah. that's what it's kind of become is more of a yes. social media thing rather exactly. than a communication tool. Like, hey, we want to shout out this teacher or this student for you right. know a job well done, which is great. That's kind of, you know, how we promoted it. So, um, but we, I think, use it more of... Hey, if somebody's going to this campus, I need you to make sure to check on this while you're out there. You use it like a group message. Yeah. Essentially. Yeah. Cause we can okay. search it. We can have threads organized by the campus. So instead of having a group message with six people in it, that we're just scrolling and scrolling and scrolling, trying to find something that happened earlier in that day, we can just go to the Pafford thread and say, okay, here's what's going on at Pafford and switch over to the Ledbetter thread and that kind of thing. So I remember when he first rolled it out, that's how we tried it. Like as a communication thing but we saw Trey was still on there so we, do you remember we were like where should we go for lunch that's today? right what do you guys want for lunch and we were trying to get Trey to write back and it was like Trey left the conversation we're like oh rude. Yeah. so then they called me <laughs> we out were gonna invite so him lunch. yeah hey like, oh. we were gonna invite you oh. I don't want you to think Big Brother was watching and the that was the only time we used it to communicate <laughs> just, to, just to troll me just right. to get Trey just to get Trey <laughs> um, okay so then I'm gonna I'm gonna change gears because I wanted to ask about exercise because I think that's an important part of self-care, right? And we can, we can even go physical exercise, mental, spiritual exercise. We can go whichever direction you guys want to run with it. Um, but let's, let's talk like, so why, why is exercise important for teachers? Let's oh, start there. So we're talking about exercise. You guys don't need me for this part, right? We're going to <laughs> okay, cool. You can have exercise your right to remain silent. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, I think it's important because I know for me, when I exercise, which I told you when you when we did this, I was like, I haven't exercised in forever. This new job is killing me. Um, but it makes me feel like energized and happier. Like I feel better when I exercise mentally, physically, all of it. Like it really just helps my state of mind. And see, I'm kind of a tray. Uh, <laughs> I mean, just yeah. physical exercise has been has been tough for me to get into patterns and routines. Um, 
but I agree. I mean, with, you know, um, the times that I'm active, I mean, again, one of the ways I'm active is I, I love yard work. And so oh, nice. the summer is not good for that. It's just so hot. Yeah. And then there's like the two weeks in the fall where I get a lot done <laughs> and it feels great, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And so kind of constantly kind of struggling and figuring out how to, how to make that more a part of my life. Okay, but that's why when, when like Ashley was saying like, oh, I haven't exercised in forever, like th- I want that conversation because like what are the struggles? Like what you mentioned a little more like patterns and routines. It's hard to get in that pattern and routine. Like why? Um, yeah, it's complicated for me. I mean, I think it, it's just like, like you said, I mean, thinking about exercise and, you know, the soulful side and uh, mental and things like that. I mean, I think I have patterns in those areas. Mm-hmm. And just physical hasn't been as important to me. Okay. So, I mean, I'm, I'm, I mean, I'd, I'm happy to chat a bit more about, um, yeah, places where I think I've got some really great discipline patterns in, in the other areas. And and one of my challenges right now, I'm married to um, a younger woman, and we're expecting a baby in April. Oh, congratulations. congratulations! Thank you. And so, um, I have a 17 year old daughter. Um, my first wife died of breast cancer three years ago, and so by remarrying and having a new baby, like physical is like, Oh, I got to get my butt in gear because <laughs> yeah, I want to, yeah. I want to live to see, you know, uh, this baby grow up and all of that. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, I mean, one of the ways I think about kind of just personal growth is I have kind of have a, a mental model. So for what this is worth, a um, mental model, mental model of okay. what it means kind of be the human and how to pursue growth. So it's connected, surrendered and reflective. And so like I've been applying that model to my physical health and wondering like what is in me that stops me from physical activity. And like I've actually talked to a counselor recently about it. Um, I was not picked last in PE as a kid, <laughs> but I was near the bottom. You know? <laughs> That's and better than me. <laughs> I just came up with excuses not to do it. Like, my legs really hurt today, coach. <laughs> I didn't yeah. want to do kickball anyway. This indro toenails really bothering me. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, so I don't I don't know what happened in that period of my life that for me to just the physical wasn't as important. Um, the places where I've enjoyed physical activity are places where I'm connected. So like there was a long season where I played softball and so playing on a team was more fun than like running by myself. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just don't have as many activities like that right now in my life where I can be with others. And um, yeah, so it's, it's kind of a place I'm trying to figure out right now. And what were your, th- were your three connected? Yeah, I wanted to re- reflective. Yeah, so yeah, connected reflective and surrendered okay so um so like thinking about working out like i would say that someone who wants to be on a diet needs to think about okay like why am i eating so the reflective part would be like what's causing me to overeat mm-hmm. okay so or, then, or not overeat but eat the wrong eat kinds the of wrong things, things etc yeah. so then to think about connection like who in my life could i talk to that could help me with this journey holding me accountable or someone mm. who's lost weight before and then surrender, like giving myself to something, you know, so I'm going to commit to a diet. I'm going to, that would be the surrender mm-hmm. part. If that okay. Makes sense. No, that's, that's how, and I'm glad you gave an example. That's helpful. Yeah. And so like I apply that in my own life of just as a teacher. So like I'm constantly like in my profession as a teacher thinking, okay, like what can I learn from any day's lessons? So the reflective part of just seeing what I can see, what's going on in the kids, you know, that, that I can pick up on emotionally. Um, yeah, I mean, to be connected to students, they're going to learn a lot better if they feel like there's, like, if I care for them and, you know, that we have a relationship. 
And then surrendered is just showing up at school every day, I think, <laughs> on a daily basis. <laughs> you know, like, yeah. oh, man, I'll give myself to this again today and see where it goes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, and today, every day you make that choice, right? Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. My turn. Well, did you, did you have anything? Like, I mean, we no, just... that was so good. How do you follow up with that? <laughs> I have no motto for exercise. <laughs> well, like, but what, talking about barriers, though. Like, so, yeah. so what, what barriers? You, you were saying, like, I haven't worked out in a while whatever the barriers that you or not you personally or if you want but teachers struggle with well I think so just to like sum it up in one word that could say maybe most teachers feel is busyness and I Mm -hmm. think that's the season I feel like I'm in right now because when I was teaching pre-k I knew the pattern I knew what I was doing every day there were no questions I was in a good routine I could go home and work out I had a good routine moving up to first grade I'm learning so much that I'm engrossing myself in that learning of making sure I'm writing lesson plans appropriately and do I understand the teaks I'm about to teach and can I teach this math lesson to a higher and a lower student that I'm often going home and like reteaching myself or rewriting something that my priorities have kind of shifted a little bit where exercise used to be a top one for me it's kind of fallen down to the bottom just because I'm busy with other priorities and I'm grateful for the priorities I have but because of that that's where I'm kind of at like just being busy mm-hmm, I'm sure busy with other mm-hmm. things right now and I think a lot of t- other teachers can agree with that that there's just something else that is taking up more of their time in different seasons and it's different for everyone absolutely that's 100 percent. I think you nailed it You're like that's that's what it is um <laughs> and and I think too kind of what both of you were dancing around is that like you need to if you want physical exercise you need to put it on the calendar so I struggled with this my first year of teaching I was just like oh I'll just work out like whenever it's a day that I happen to leave school at this time. But like if I didn't set that boundary for myself, like I would just never worked out. So I had to say like every Wednesday, five o'clock, that's mm-hmm. my gym day, you know, and make it make it a routine and make it a habit. But that's hard. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It is. So you yeah. both mentioned working out after work. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How I would always think, and I'm, I, I don't do either before or after, but <laughs> I would always think that would be so hard because you're already physically drained. And I know a lot of people do it first thing in the morning, but mm-hmm. I also think, that sounds impossible too. That's why I've erred on the side of neither. But um, is there a reason you chose to do after rather than before? Is it just not wanting to get up early? Um, I think for me, after work forces me to leave early mm. because I'm such a people person that I would end up like chatting with someone and you look at your watch and you're like, oh man, it's 5.30 yeah. and I'm still at school <laughs> and I was supposed to make copies and oh, I got to do that too, you know? So I, th- I think having that as a as a boundary, like it forced me to say like, I, listen, I really want to talk to you. It's a hard you, out. Yeah. But I, I really yeah. got to go. And then, of course, everyone's going to support you. Like, oh, yeah, no, no, go to the gym. You know, so right. I think that was for me why. I've tried both. So I used to do Camp Gladiator. So I would get up and work out at like 4.30 in the morning. Oh, jeez. by the time I got home, I was exhausted. Sure. And I didn't like that because I wasn't enjoying the time home with my kids. I was really tired. Mm. I was like, cook dinner. Let's watch a movie. Go to bed. So then I switched to after school and I liked that better I almost feel like it gave me a boost of energy right Mm. when I needed it I Mm. sure I came home a little tired but once I did my workout or I went on a two mile run real quick like coming back home it was just I felt more okay like let's cook dinner I I feel like I got a second wind almost if that makes sense yeah Mm -hmm. I can definitely speak to that because I think it's more and we're I think we're gonna go there but like your inner monologue the tone of Mm -hmm. it changes in that I would come home for some days and just be bitter or angry about the things that had happened in the day, the negative interactions and like, oh, why did that one student give me <laughs> attitude? And, you know, uh, but then 
that release of endorphins. I'm sure there's something else going on in your brain, but yeah. now, I, right. now I'm, now I'm coming home into the house more like positive and well, there's a sense of accomplishment too, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. yeah. So yeah. even if it's not endorphins, it's just like, I just did that. Mm-hmm. I can After do anything. After teaching kids all yeah. day. Yeah. Like, come yeah. on. Yeah. It's pretty cool. You guys are like exciting me about this. You should I try like, it sometimes, I like right? talking about exercising. <laughs> this is fun. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and something else, I, this is something else I heard on a podcast too. He said, this guy said, the hardest step is the first step. And sometimes we make the first step too complicated so then we have an excuse for not doing it. And the example he used was, oh, if my goal is to get in shape, then... I need some new exercise equipment. Well, that's kind of expensive, so I'm going to have to save up. And then and he's like, well, maybe the first step to you getting in shape is to not buy junk food in your house. Mm-hmm. And that's something simple. So mm-hmm. don't overcomplicate the first step. Right. That's some good advice. I, I have a stupid story that I'll try to tell quick, but it's stupid. <laughs> so several years ago, somebody told me about this, this app. And I was like, you know, if you can get me on an app, then that's a good first step, right? That's a, the, taking the first step. Mm-hmm. And it was called C to 5K. Which couch to 5K? Yeah, okay, so you've heard oh. of it. So, and I was like, okay, well, I got the first part down. Couch, done. Like, first step, <laughs> nailed it. Right. Um, I don't know if I really realistically thought 5K was ever going to happen. But if I could get to, like, step off of the couch, that's a great step. So I started, like, it was, <laughs> it was so embarrassing. I don't know why I'm telling this. No, but come on, tell it. it's like you put the app in, right, and it tells you, like, okay, we're going to do, tw- like, 20 minutes of walking and then four minutes of like brisk jogging or something. And I was like, 20 minutes of walking. I can do that. No problem. Mm. Then I got to the four minutes of brisk jogging and I was like, okay, I need to rethink this whole thing. I've not jogged in probably since PE class in middle school. Um, this was a huge mistake. And then one day there was a scary dog on the path and I was just like, no, nah, I'm not going to do this. this is- so like, are they talking to you all the time? Like, come on, Trey, you got this. No. Keep it up. No, it was just like. One more minute. I'm like, one more minute. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, but I heard another story about this where someone had an app similar to that and Uh be like, one more minute. But every time the screen locked, the timer would stop. Oh, no. <laughs> so they kept checking the timer, and it was like seven minutes, six minutes. And like, how has oh it been? <laughs> yeah. Um, but hey, at least you got off the couch. Yeah. That's a win. Yeah, sure. You know, sure, sure. Small victories. Absolutely. <laughs> um, well, and did you want? Did you want that 5K for yourself, or did you want it because that was the title of the app? I didn't want the 5K at all. I just wanted to do something, right? And everybody around me was doing something, so I was like, I got to do something. Um, But I think that's your problem is you didn't have a clearly defined goal, so you couldn't. One hundred percent. You could do a 5K. No, no. You just said he has to want to do the 5K. Yeah, you just said, oh, just run a run two miles real quick, and I laughed because the (laughs) idea of running two miles real quick and just like, ah, that's nothing. Is (laughs) real quick might have been crazy to me. (laughs) Yeah. so that, so that, okay, that gets into um, internal versus external motivation. So some people are motivated because they, they have uh, other people or an app or something holding them accountable. Like they have the personal trainer at the gym or they have a gym buddy they go with. And that's more of like external obligations, whatever you want to call that. Other people, and this, I fall into this, is more the internal motivated like it's me versus me at the gym, if that makes sense, you know? So I was just wondering, like, what are you guys' thoughts on that? Do you, do you see yourself as falling into either one of those or, or a different category entirely? I'm very internally motivated with myself. Like, yeah. I have the Nike app for running. Mm-hmm. And so, okay, in high school, I set the record and ran a really fast mile. And I'm like, I'm... I'm going to get there again one day. It was like six minutes. Like, it's never going to happen again. <laughs> but that's that's six minutes is a very respectable mile time. It was good, but... So because of that, 
I have the Nike app and I record my mouth and I will like look at the picture every time before I'm like, that's what I did yesterday. <laughs> Not going to let that happen today. Like today will <laughs> be better. Yeah. And I also always set myself a goal. Um, I don't know if you've ever heard of the Fort Worth Social Running Club, but they are, they plan are some. They're the guys on Wednesday night by the Trinity yeah, River. Yes. Okay. And yeah. And they plan yeah. some of the most fun 5Ks, Trey. Okay. Okay. Brunch afterwards. Now we're talking. Yes. <laughs> and so they have a couple that I will pick some, you know, because they do several. Like in May, they do my favorite one. It's a mimosa run. It's on Mother's Day weekend. And all the donations go to like um, milk bank for mothers. So like that will be my goal. So like in January, I'll start prepping for that one in May, which it sounds silly to prep for a 5K, but no, it's, it's January. It's cold. But setting that goal too, like, okay, when I'll set a time, like I want to run the mimosa run in May and I want to do it with like eight minute miles. So then I will work my butt off to like get there until May. And so like setting myself a goal. So like it's all internal, I guess. Of, mm -hmm. Sorry, that was a long answer. No, no, no. <laughs> but that's that's a very clear example of someone like, and that's what I want for Mr. Trey. Like you clearly want that for yourself and that drives you mm -hmm. to be better each time and to look at that time and to, to inspire. I'm like, no, no excuse. I'm getting better. But you have to want it. This whole thing was really just. I don't want it. I don't want. Do you want French toast? I'm not a big French toast guy. Yes. Oh, because of the brunch, right? Yeah, yeah, for sure. And did you do the the zoo run or something that you guys did? The Fort Worth did last year. I know Miss Kayser used Slack to get everybody on board. We did message on there. Yeah. So we all met up and did that. That's another really fun one. That was really fun. So so yeah, that was just internal external motivation. And I think it also is interesting to think about that as applied to students because some some students are more externally motivated where they want like like you to tell them that they did a good job and some students are more internal like they get a really good grade on the test but they're like no but I got one wrong and I'm gonna do you know like those kind of kids so just interesting to think about um, okay let's so let's talk about we talked about like physical exercise how it affects your mental state what are some things that you do to mentally make sure you're in a good place? Let's start there. Yeah. Um, so first thing, I think when you asked me to do the podcast, I was like not in a great mental spot. <laughs> um, so that was about a month back. And oh, I was I'm, like, so, I'm oh, sorry. I'm sorry. Man, I, I don't know if I want to do this. I actually, mm -hmm. talking about to-do lists, I think sometimes we don't get things done because of that emotional blockage somehow. You mm, know? Yeah. Um, so I had to kind of process and decided, yeah, I'll do this. But I do feel like I've got some disciplines in my life that keep me generally healthy. Um, so a couple of the things that, that are important to me are community. Um, so I live in a house with, uh, I think there's seven of us in the house right now. So there's my wife, daughter, adopted daughter, her brother, and then two friends. And wow. so just That's... living in community is, is important to me just hmm. in terms of, and it's interesting talking about external versus internal um, motivation because I do think that being around a lot of folks just keeps me motivated. Mm -hmm. um, so whether it's just being encouraged by them or owing them something, you know, helps me. Um, and so we host a, a dinner every Tuesday night. So tonight we should have between 15 to 20 people at the house. That's incredible. And we've done this for two and a half years. And so wow. it's just a neat Fantastic. community that's developed. I mean, it, it's every now and then there'll be a new folk, but for the most of the time, it's kind of a consistent group um, that meets and eats and shares life. And it's been pretty cool. And then a subset of that group meets on Sunday mornings. And so that group is the group that's kind of my most intense group where kind of my Sunday morning routine. And this is the thing I think that keeps me sane 
through the week is that I, I spend usually a couple of hours of just solitude on Sunday mornings and then meet with this group for about an hour and a half to two hours. And so we'll meditate together and then just all kind of say what's so for us and everybody listens and I don't know. That's it. That's it's, it's pretty encouraging. You that's very are cool. a, an inspiration, sir. You, you set aside quiet time for yourself. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. amazing. Yeah. So Sundays yeah, are really, really special uh, for me. And I think it, I try to meditate a couple other times a week, but it's just with the school schedule, it's tough, but really feel like that it's, it's a central thing that keeps me sane with the kids mm-hmm. sure. um, through the week and being able to process kind of all the emotion that I feel um, doing it with others, I think is really important. So I think the the alone time is great, but then to be able to just be authentic and vulnerable with some people and share what's so um, that really helps me to see patterns that I don't think I'd be able to see myself. So hmm. when I've realized, Oh wait, like I told this group this last week, you know, mm-hmm. helps me to kind of track uh, what's going on in my own life. Very interesting. And, and I think too, probably your love of community and connectedness is probably why you're such a great teacher. I, I hope so. Yeah. Lesson planning, um, certain things I'm not as good at, but that's but not the community part, but I feel like the, you, like, the yeah. relationships with the students and you know, yeah, I, I, yeah, I mean, I feel like, the reason I became a teacher is because I was in a, a career where um, I was doing coaching with individuals and I realized that it was when my wife passed away, it was like I needed to be back in a, a really active community. Um, and so a classroom is definitely uh, that kind of setting. Hyperactive community, some might say. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um, and, I, and I think that, I mean, that's, I think that I see teachers that sometimes feel annoyed by the kids and, and almost like the, the kids draw the energy down in them. Mm-hmm, absolutely. And that just hurts me to see because I feel like, like, again, going back to kind of this middle model of being reflective, I mean, like, it's amazing to be with a kid and for them to, to learn something new and to see that, you know, the spark of wonder, the spark of, of something happening there. Mm-hmm. And so I think one of the joys of being a teacher is to be able to be in those situations, you know, to help cultivate that and for that to happen. And that, that fires me up. You know, I want to, and, and it's sad because there's not as many of those, you know I mean? Mm-hmm. Kid, because I think kids don't have as much wonder. And so, um, I keep trying to cultivate that in my kids to get them to, to want to know more about the world that we live in. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm going to jump on something that you said. So the teachers who feel drained by their interactions with kids, there could be hundreds of reasons, but one of the reasons I would see is it's all in how you mentally frame it. So if you go into your interaction with a group of students as a battle, it's you as the adult versus this group of kids, and you have to get them to do what you want or you think they should do, then like because you're mentally fighting a battle and emotionally, like you are going to feel drained. But I never, or I should say, after my third year of teaching, I realized how to reframe it, and it's not me versus the students, it's us together versus the clock. Hmm. And so once I kind of internalize that thought process. And it also helped. I was in a better school, better content area, better fit for me. Mm-hmm. But I think then I like never had an issue with like really, really feeling like really, really drained very rarely. So it's all on how you frame it. That's good. Yeah. Do you notice a difference? So you were pre-K four last year, right? Miss Gary. Mm-hmm. Yes. Do you notice a difference in your sense of drain between <laughs> pre-K and first grade, maybe more from physical to mental or anything? 
Yeah. I think in pre-K, it was both physical and mental. Um, And then first grade, the first couple of weeks were still both because it was just a lot of moving around and here, there, go, what? Um, Now it's probably more mental. I think now more mental exhausted just because of, like I kind of said, like how much I'm taking home still. Mm. Typically, this time of the year, I wouldn't be taking so much home. Um, but with so much learning going on mentally, yeah, like mm. I still have bad dreams about like lesson plans and math <laughs> lessons and anchor uh, charts and, and not at all in a bad way, but just, you know, yeah. mentally exhausted from all the learning. <laughs> and less chasing around students, I would assume in first grade. A lot less okay. chasing. Okay. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> no taking that long walk to be like, that friend's been in the bathroom for a real long time. Let me hop <laughs> down there and see. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay. Uh, well, and it's also too because you you care so much about doing it well. That's why you're working these late hours and wanting to learn it right and do best for the kids. Which... So it's not a terrible thing. It's just a learning year. That's what yeah. I keep telling myself. This is my learning year <laughs> again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So it sounds like there's some kind of inverse bell curve, like that pre-K, you know, kindergarten's a lot of energy, mm-hmm. starts to get a little bit better, and then you go up to middle school again, and it wears you out. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> as, a, yeah. as a sixth grade teacher last year, whew, uh, yeah. Yeah. it was it was tough. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but They're fourth re- grade, I think it's maybe with the first graders a little bit easier. Yeah, like they only yeah. get really hyped up when there's a holiday nearby for some reason. That gets them <laughs> like more excited than I've ever seen them. And so it's like around the holiday times, which is normal for everyone. Yeah, so absolutely. it's totally fine. <laughs> That's really interesting. Hmm. I never thought of it that way. But yeah, fourth grade is kind of mellow. Mm-hmm. Nice, yeah. That's good, though. Well, and I think they have that, that kind of the wonder still. I, I've seen mm. that between the sixth grade and fourth grade. Just where, I don't know, like all the posturing in middle school of trying to be cool and yes. all of that takes so much energy. Right. right. Versus the fourth graders, there's just more of an interest to, to learn, which is refreshing. Yeah, because because it's the it's cool to wonder and want to learn more and to kind of care about school mm-hmm. in fourth grade, and it isn't by the time you get to middle school. Yeah, unfortunately. Oh, yeah, it's just sad. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so anyway, all right, let's let's talk. Uh, so we talked physical exercise, mental health. Um, let's talk about eating healthy. Now, I realize that saying that is. Eating healthy is a very relative term, and there, you know, mm-hmm. different people need to eat different things. Um, and you could argue the case for you should eat more of this and less of that. Okay, fine, but let's just, for argument's sake, say that like Twinkies are not super healthy, and vegetables are probably pretty healthy. So, what what barriers do you see for teachers? Why is it hard for teachers to eat healthy? Sometimes it's just convenience, so you eat what's convenient for mm-hmm. you, and that mm-hmm. can sometimes be the less healthier options. Like, give me an example. Um, like the frozen meals. I don't know. Like lean like cuisine. Mi- yeah, like the micro. Like I'm like it says lean cuisine, but it's still like where, where'd that chicken come from? I don't know. <laughs> mm-hmm. Exactly. I those weird me out, but some people like them. That's okay. But to me, that that's a convenience meal, right? Like. You could go buy a two ninety seven bag of salad and a rotisserie chicken and shred it and have a salad every day, or you mm-hmm. could buy those ninety seven cent lean cuisines. Yeah, it is convenience for sure, and but mm-hmm. I think that goes back into what we're talking about time management. Yeah, right. Because if if I'm staying late at school and oh man, it's you know it's five thirty, I haven't even left school yet, and then I'm probably don't have time to go home and cook a healthy right. meal. Well, I don't want to speak out of turn, but am I incorrect by saying that I know you guys have a planning time, right? But that kind of overlaps sometimes into lunch, like your lunch, 
is your planning period or no is that not is that not true does that it vary grade varies grade? every grade yeah, every grade and every campus di- yeah every grade's different that's not the case no. um this year for me no ours is separated times um in pre-k though on fridays it was and it was real nice yeah <laughs> well, I, I, I would feel that's important because if you're trying to plan and trying to scarf down food before these students come right. back. I think that would be very difficult. Feel very rushed. And you don't want to just be like shoving your face while you're talking to your team. I would think like, right. mm-hmm. this guy's got crumbs in his beard. What's going on? <laughs> yeah. What do you, what do you see as barriers to eating healthy? Yeah, I mean, I just think it's just the rush. Like I had a schedule last year where my planning and lunch were back to back. And so if anything, it, lunch would kind of sometimes slip into the planning, mm-hmm. which was nice. So, you know, you could get to subway across the street or whatever. Um, this year with a 25 minute lunch that's just contained, you know, you can't really go anywhere. So like I have a loaf of bread beside my desk and make a peanut butter sandwich and that gets me by and I eat healthier in the evenings, you know? Um, yeah. Okay. 25 minute lunch. Yeah. I know that's another thing as teachers, they very rarely have a meta teacher had a like 30 minute lunch or longer. Mm-hmm. It's just yeah. doesn't happen. Unfortunately. Yeah. Wish it did. Um, okay. So then talking about, meal prepping i don't know do we want do we want to go there or is that like uh we're over that topic or i'll say something about that okay because you've you've dabbled in this i have dabbled i dabble in everything again (laughs) this is more of me going i have a great system and then two weeks in yeah it fails um so this is something because that that is something i try to work on even this morning or last night i said okay i'm gonna try to think more Think, think more about what I'm eating and everything. So I like took some lettuce, bought some lettuce and some sandwich meat and everything. Instead of doing sandwiches, I made these Did, nice little lettuce. Are you sandwich or sandwich? Sandwiches. 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 Okay. I don't know what I was saying, but now I'm going to be very conscious about it moving forward. Um, so I made these like nice little lettuce wraps and I was so proud of them. I was like, oh, these are going to be so great tomorrow. And then I got to work and I thought, why didn't I bring those with me? And they are still in my refrigerator, so I will eat them for dinner today. But that is one thing I'm terrible about is like the meal prepping thing. I made like a week's worth of meals. And then I completely forget to grab in the morning because it wasn't part of my routine, right? Exactly. So um, if you put the lunchbox near the door or something like to remind you to grab the lunchbox yeah, out of the fridge, I have a whiteboard that I, I even wrote lunch on last night. Lunch. How could you possibly <laughs> walk by that? Walk right by it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So yeah, you need some kind of system there. So I don't know. Something. Yeah. Something to... But I'm thinking about it at least. That's... Set an alarm on your phone. Right oh, before that's good. you're about to walk out the door, mm. grab lunchbox. Mm. That's mm. good. Mm. That's genius right there. That. Write it down on one of your captures. I'll remember it. <laughs> no, you won't. No, no, okay. <laughs> uh, okay. And you're so, going to go for a run later, right? Yeah, exactly. I'll do it after I uh, run my quick two miles. <laughs> run two miles. Real quick. Real quick. Eat a lettuce wrap. Um, but I, I was thinking more that, and this is something that's come up, I think you've maybe heard me talk about this in teacher's lounges, that very rarely are you going to eat healthy by accident. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, you're going to eat unhealthy by accident all right. the time. Sure. But it's got to be intentional if you want to eat healthy. So I think teachers are a group of people who are so intentional about so many things, like their lesson plans, they're intentional about the way students enter the classroom. My challenge is, can we be more intentional about meal prepping or at least the food we eat? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think, too, it's also, so you you have a loaf of bread and some peanut butter sandwiches, and that's good. And there's a lot worse options that people eat for lunch. And so I think it's also, too, by choosing the food that you're going to put in there, right? You know, um, and you, I know you were there probably when Danielle made fun of me for my mason jar salads. Oh yeah, probably. Yeah. yeah. So I do the salads in the mason jar, 
So here's my little commercial. This is our commercial break for the episode. Yeah. <laughs> if you want to do amazing jar sale. Uh, <laughs> we but, should get uh, Louise Mason at Ewing to uh, sponsor these. The and, Louise Mason and, Mason jar salads. And Audrey Mason. At and Audrey Mason, yeah, yeah of so course. We got, two, we got two Masons. Mason and Mason's Mason jars. <laughs> <laughs> but I like it because I, I make all of my lunches on Sunday. So then I have my lunches ready to go for the week. Mm-hmm. And oh, and that was something else I want to talk about. Have you guys heard about decision fatigue? No. Okay. You, so tell us a little about decision well, I mean, fatigue. that's the idea of just, I think Steve Jobs was one of the ones that talked about mm-hmm. decision fatigue, which is we have so many decisions every, you know, going to the supermarket and there's 500 types of cereal. Mm-hmm. But Steve Jobs would like dress the same outfit every day just so he would limit the decisions that he had to make or whatever. Exactly. So right. that the idea, I think, being that each decision you make in the course of the day compromises the next, your decision-making ability for the next decision. Mm-hmm. Hmm. And so teachers have to make so many decisions that by the end of the day, they're so tired. Mm-hmm. And, and so the outfit thing is one, yeah, the, the Steve Jobs one. Um, there's also something I saw about like how X number of presidents have people who pick out their outfits for them because they have to make so many decisions. Um, so if you plan your meals ahead of time, that's one less decision you have to make. Right. So I do that, by the way. I started that about a year ago. I pretty much, for the most part, outside of work, which I guess inside of work too, I pretty much wear the same thing every day. Right, the black, the black polo, black and the slacks. But um, also outside of work, I pretty much just wear a black t-shirt and jeans, so I do not have to think about it. I've got just a stack now. Every once in a while, you know, throwing the the occasional button down, go crazy, yeah. Uh, With the sleeves rolled up to the elbow, yeah. Uh, Sundays I have to wear my Ezekiel Elliott shirt, but that's just more of a superstition luck thing. during the regular season or the whole Just during the regular season. season. No, I don't have to do it during the Sunday. During, okay. Although with the way we've played this year, maybe I should start wearing it to maybe to increase the luck. Mm. Okay. So I don't want to get into a whole football thing. <laughs> that, well, that's part of your mental health is that football mm-hmm. makes you feel good. So It's part of my Sunday of solitude as well. So yeah, I understand that. You watch the Cowboys by yourself? Is it? Well, I'm mentally by myself. I'm preparing my my fantasy football rankings oh. and or not rankings, but my lineups. It's a whole thing. Again, I do, we don't have to talk about this. This is super nerdy. Stuff. Trey is really salty because he's losing in the fantasy football league Uh-oh. at so TBP. So let's scroll down to this next question. Kind of <laughs> talking about that. How bad are you losing? I dead last place. Uh, <laughs> okay. Dead last place, tied with uh, my boss who has not set his lineup once this year. So, oh, wow. so I who I who have tried oh very hard. I'm dead last place. I'm so uh, sorry. That's okay. Oh. I'm crushing my personal league though. So that's good. Anyway, sorry. Right. Again. Okay. Um, oh, the other thing about unhealthy food, um, and this, I don't know where to go with this, but it's something about America. It's not just an education specific thing, but there are so many things in the teacher's lounge and there's always the donuts and there's always the this and it's like apple nachos okay but that was i mean you could go pretty healthy with that you did not have to put the chocolate and caramel sauce all over it right so yeah the apple nachos which Mm -hmm. were which are at Mm -hmm. pat for today was uh yeah it was apples but you could put peanut butter chocolate Chocolate syrup (laughs) caramel syrup yeah Yeah. you could put load them up but If you just wanted the apples, that's a healthy choice. So. I, I wish, I, honestly, now that I'm thinking back, I wish I would have, because I do love apples, and I'm not a big sweets guy, uh, yeah. believe it or not. But I, I wish I just, but I was, again, too busy. It's like, ah, mm. uh, I'll get it later, or, or I don't want to, they're eating lunch in there, I don't want to bother them. So uh, I just didn't, yeah. Anyway. Mm. Okay, okay. So yeah, Intentional, um, it has to be intentional. It has right? to be intentional, right? You got to say, you know what, I've been, after I finish this tower that I'm assembling, I'm going to go in, break get for an apple. apple. Um, and I don't know if you guys have heard the, the podcast we've mentioned before, but 
happier with Gretchen Rubin is kind of more this self-helpy genre of podcast. So if you like this kind of topic, I would say check that podcast out. And she refers to the person, the coworker, as the evil donut bringer. Do we want to talk about diets, or is that too cliche? Like, do you, do you have like, hey, I've heard good things about this diet, or I've heard actually this diet is actually terrible for you, or no, no. I don't, I've never tr- the only I don't even know if it's really a diet when J Lo did that big join me for this ten day no carb challenge. Oh, I remember you talking about this. I joined her. <laughs> <laughs> I tried it, but that's like it. Other than that, I just try to make healthy choices. So I I'm like a terrible person to talk about diets with because I've never really dieted. <laughs> did you? Did you, but you you made it all ten days. Se- I made it seven and a half days. That's impressive. A half because my sister it was her birthday and she did this like um, French wine party. And you can't have wine on a no-carb diet, so broke it so I could have some wine and cheese and crackers <laughs> at her French wine party. Okay. So okay. seven and a half days. <laughs> All right. Okay. You know, I don't. I'm. I know just enough about a little diets, but I don't know. Yeah. All I've heard about them is they don't work, right? Because you commit to this plan for, like you said, ten days or whatever. Yeah. But then when that's over, and you go back to you revert back. You to, revert back, and mm-hmm. even if you're kind of still conscious of it, right? It's still hard to keep that going past the Mm -hmm. 10 days or past the whatever the time limit is. Yeah. But I will say like, that's where community comes in because Mm. this is not, I don't really think of it as diet, but my wife is vegan. And so over the last two and a half years as we've dated, got married a year ago, we're vegan now. What's that? You're vegan now. (laughs) I mean, at home I am more vegan. So probably out of, you know, there'll be nights where we'll make like a pasta dish and maybe we'll fry up a little bit of, you know, sausage to go in there or whatever. Cause my daughter, Mostly it's vegan, but sometimes wants the meat. But so, I mean, my meat eating at home is like really declined and the choices we make for restaurants. So just to say that by being in relationship with someone who's vegan, it really has shifted my diet. Um, and overall, I feel better. Like I notice now, like when I eat a large amounts of meat, I do not feel real great. Mm-hmm. Um, but being from Texas, I still need my Tex-Mex and barbecue yeah, yeah, and chili yeah. and things yeah. like that from time to time. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's... But it was it was neat. I was with some guys at a steakhouse about three weeks ago, and I got the smallest fillet. And afterwards, I mean, they were eating these plate sized steaks. They felt sick, and I felt I felt pretty good. Yeah, because you didn't overdo it. I didn't probably. overdo it, and I just had a smaller piece. So, yeah. I, but just to say, like, if you have a, someone, I think diets work when you're with someone who can train you and teach you. Because like I really enjoy vegan now. Like, there's a, a restaurant in East Dallas, uh, Kalachanjis. Have you ever heard of? No. It is a uh, former Baptist church that for like the t- past 25 years has been a Hira Krishna temple. And wow. they have a buffet in this place that is amazing. Hmm. Okay. And if you want it's not vegan, it's just vegetarian, but check it out. Okay. It's now one of my favorite places. What's, what's it called? Kalachanjis near Grand Avenue and 30. Yeah. It's a All little right. east of our Oak Cliff campuses. Okay, cool. Very cool. And, and uh, it's funny because I knew when I met you early on, there was something I liked about you. I think I, now that's what I figured out is because my wife is also vegan. Okay. So therefore, I end up eating less meat and I do feel healthier. Yeah. And, yeah. But like you, tacos. I mean, come on. <laughs> like You can't, <laughs> can't turn that down. Um, so that is kind of a segue talking about our wives and, and uh, children. Um, so you guys are parents, right? You're both parents? Right. Correct. Okay. So speaking about like spending time and time management and how do, you, how do you make time for the family? Like, Well, my family comes first. My kids come first. So most of my decisions are based around them. So 
I kind of make a point like weekends are our fun time. Um, like I, you'll never see me on a Saturday morning doing any kind of schoolwork. Like I avoid all schoolwork. If I do anything, it will be Sunday evening when they're in bed and it's kind of read the staff notes, fill in my calendar. But um, like they definitely come first and I definitely make sure we have something to look forward to on the weekend, whether it's a movie night, we're cooking dinner together, we're going somewhere together, um, making sure that they feel important in some way. Um, and we do that on the weeknights too, but it's easier to commit and plan for it on the weekends than it is the weeknights. For sure. Yeah. And and you also, this is one of my favorite things about your family, is that <laughs> you, you go around at the dinner table. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So one big thing that we do during the weeknights for family time, like try to get Riley to help me cook as much as possible. But at the table together, we all sit and we go around and say, what was our favorite part of the day? Hmm. And um Beckham is three now, so like his responses, they're great right now. Like there's a lot of potty stuff, but like it just is like really fun because it really helps them reflect on like what their best part of the day was. But then also like my husband and I feel, you know, like, okay, good. Like we got in on a part of your day. Like we know what made you happy today and you know they are the ones that ask us. So Riley will say, mommy, what was your favorite part of the day? And they listen and they're really cute. Like they don't know, they, their responses are always like, Aww. <laughs> like I'm like, today my favorite part is coming home to you guys because it was a really hard day at school. And they're like, aww. <laughs> it's really cute. But that's it's awesome. great family discussion. So I guess that's a big thing that we do on the weeknights. Right. And one, it's kind of what Joel was saying about community. So you, oh, yeah. by you all sharing in that, you're listening to each other and building community. So when you're And reflective. Yeah. See, and reflective. you're looking at your day. Mm -hmm. there we go. And then there's just an act of surrender to give yourself to that routine. I mean, that's the way I look at it. Oh, it okay. Brilliant. It all fits. Okay. But. See what you're saying. <laughs> that's good. Okay. Um, and so when your son is misbehaving, mm. do you say, Always. carry on my wayward son? <laughs> no. no, but I might <laughs> have to. That was for you, Mr. Trey. <laughs> do you Can know? I get that joke so much. Okay. I, I have... Every time I like read your name or we're on campus and we're like, okay, I have to go by this class, this class, must carry on. I will either have that song in my head the rest of the afternoon or, or the song by Fun, Carry On. Carry On. That's the one that you've come in and told me about. I, okay, so I've told you about yeah. this. Yeah. It's, and, uh, it's annoying because it's weird and I have just like these things in my brain where once it's in there, I can't get it out of it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, every time. So thanks. Yeah. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, my last name is actually like supposed to like carry on, like you're supposed to roll the R's. Oh, <laughs> so okay. It's, but yeah. Carry on. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Maybe if I start pronouncing it that way, I'll no, get myself out of this way. habit. It's I get a lot of, so how do you spell that? Like carry on luggage? <laughs> no, not like carry on luggage. With a Y. <laughs> but no. it sounds like that. <laughs> yeah. Okay. All right. And then what about you, Joel? How do you... I mean, you kind of said you have Tuesday night dinners are really important to you and your family. And Yeah. I mean, I think for me, I have, since I've been teaching, my daughter was 15, 16 when I started. So she's just in a different place. And so it's been easy with her activities and, and she drives herself around and things like that. So it'll start afresh in the new year with the new baby. Yeah. So I don't know what oh, that, what your world mean. is going to be rocked. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So I think, as I said earlier, just being able to leave work at work, I think is a big part. Um, coming home and just really trying to be mindful and present to my family when I'm there. Yeah. And I think phones are a challenge with that too. Oh, yeah. Being a, like, I'll, I'll catch myself of being on my phone. I'm like, nope, no, I'm not really right. mm -hmm. being present right now. I need to throw that phone down. And, yeah. Yeah. So. All right. This segment I'm okay. very excited for. Okay. Okay. So I call it <laughs> squash the vegan beef. How appropriate. Yes. <laughs> 
because, well, it, we mentioned that in episode 10, why we it's did. called Squash the Vegan Beef. Yeah. Because uh, it's not, I don't actually have beef with you. Okay. But Good. It's I, not real beef. Yeah, not real it's beef. It's fake beef. Yeah. Uh, so, first off, okay. I want to say that we got two members of House Ryu here, greater than joie, or whatever you call your house. Whatever it is. Yeah. Uh, yeah no, you, got, you nailed it. Yeah, yeah. It just rolls off the tongue. Yeah, mm-hmm. not like those ours though. No. <laughs> um, and second, you are a great house leader of House Right You. Oh, so thank thanks. you. All right. That being said, <laughs> okay, we got some issues. And wait for it. I'm going to connect it back to self care at the end. Okay. okay. So Thursday, December fifth, is a day that will live in infamy, because our principal, uh, Miss Tremaine, mm-hmm. she sends out this like elf challenge. Do you remember this? Mm, yes. Well, do you, wow. can you describe the, like what the elf challenge was? With the, the pictures? Yes. Okay, yes. so she sent, she, Miss Tremaine, dresses like the elf on the shelf. <laughs> it's really <laughs> funny. And she went around to different classrooms on our campus and would pose like the elf on the shelf in different classrooms and on different fixtures in different classrooms. Right. And then so the challenge was you had to be the first house to identify all the correct locations mm-hmm. and email it in to win house points. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. And there's like eight of them. Yes. So it, was a, it was quite a bit. Yeah. We've uh, got some great ideas in House Schwa with Miss Tremaine. She's fantastic, right? Mm. Yeah. Schwa. Okay. Represent. Yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, she's, so, she's good. So 12, 14 p.m., <laughs> we have a group me for House Ryu. It starts going nuts. Because oh, <laughs> everyone's like, number three is the teacher's lounge and whatever. So it starts blowing up, blowing up on my phone. <laughs> 12, 20. So between 12, 14 and 12, 20, Ashley's already sent seven messages to the group. Okay. <laughs> Now, 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 granted, they're short messages, but at 12.20, after she's already sent seven messages, she says, I'm driving to my gift of time and trying to look at these. Ha ha. Not, I'm driving and I don't have time to look at these. <laughs> I'm driving and I look at these. Ha ha. And then uh, another member of the house, said, uh, Ms. Ms. Halford, says, somebody send in answers so we can win. And then at 12.22, <laughs> carry on. Halford, do it. I- I'm driving so I can't yet. <laughs> Then from 12.22 to 12.28, six six minutes. Sure. From 12.14 to 12.28, I think not. (laughs) 12.22 to 12.28, in that six minutes, we get six more messages from Ashley. Some of them even correcting typos from previous messages. So so now, my point in all this, now first I want to acknowledge that uh, Halford did send in the thing and we got got it right because of her leadership. We won. So, but my point in all this is don't text and drive. I promised I was at red light. <laughs> That's why it was like seven of them at a time. It was like red light. <laughs> but a lot of my things were wrong too. Cause I'd be like room number five's pain. And they're like, we already said that. And I'm like, duh. Cause I wasn't Just reading because I was, I was driving. Uh, but so, so it's kind of like uh, one of Mr. Trey's favorite movies, Infinity War, when Spider-Man says, you can't be the friendly neighborhood Spider-Man if there's no neighborhood. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you can't be the leader of house Ryu if you get in a horrible car wreck. Oh, so, true. so take care of yourself. I will. Don't text and drive. Never again. And I would like to introduce you to a twist ending, my fellow detective the whole time, Connor Rogers, with his timeline of events <laughs> and interrogation <laughs> tactics. He didn't know he was a detective the whole time. <laughs> yes. Uh, all right. So, Mr. Trey, what do we got? So these are the three questions that we ask every guest. Uh, and so we're going to start by asking if you could tell us if TBP were a fictional character or celebrity, who would it be and why? Good question. Had me thinking. So here's what I came up with. Okay. Keenan Thompson, the SNL yeah. actor. Mm-hmm. Uh, I thought of him because, A, he's been around for like 
25 years, yeah. almost <laughs> like our school. Yeah. Um, he is, uh, you know, started at Nickelodeon. Mm-hmm. So I thought, oh, okay, I remember on all kids. that and yeah, the yeah. Keenan and Kel show, yes. Orange Soda, all that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like he is just a collaborative kind of player. Like his sketches just draw out other people. Mm-hmm. Um, and TBP does that well. And then, um, here recently, I feel like he's bringing kind of a racial edge to some of his sketches, which mm-hmm. I think is really helpful in our country today. But um, as I watch that, it just reminds me of the diversity we have at our school and mm-hmm. yeah, the challenges there. So that's my two bits. That's right. a great answer. That's, that's, awesome. a, that's a really good, yeah. 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 He's hilarious. A yeah. unique viewpoint. And he was, I, if I remember correctly, he was the one in Snakes on a Plane, wasn't he? I think so. Yeah. <laughs> I can't Sh- should I add that confess to that I've seen that movie. <laughs> no. Uh, no. <laughs> what, what do you mean no? Yes. It, well, it's, it's a movie that's so bad. Nice save. But like, it, that's a nice save. Yeah. It leans into how bad it is. You got it. You know, and owns very it. Very self-aware. Very yeah. self-aware. Like, yeah. it, knows, it knows it's not winning any Oscars. No. It's a movie called Snakes on a Plane, and that's what it's about. Mm-hmm. So, if you want to watch that kind of a movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Um, okay. I don't know if you'd really consider him a celebrity, but I kind of thought of Walt Disney. Mm-hmm. Because if you've ever done any reading or history on him, like, he was just this guy who sketched and took some small ideas and like blew them up and like everybody knows who Walt Disney is now and so I kind of think of TBP in that sense where I started off small and we just keep on growing but I feel like TBP does such a good job at letting teachers do a majority of like the creativity and Hmm. really letting us own who we are as teachers and be creative in the classrooms and be creative with our students and because of that I feel like we have some of the best teachers um, who just really love their students, are passionate about their job, and are excited to teach every day. And so that's kind of where I went with that. That's really I like good. It. Yeah, I feel I like every fourth person we ask, there's some kind of Disney, Disney related, really? like Mickey <laughs> yeah. Mouse or something. Someone always comes up, but I think, and, but to say Walt Disney himself is interesting. And, and that's something you brought up on the very first episode that TVP is a very. It's, what would you refer to it as fertile ground for new, new ideas? ideas? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. very much so. Yeah, and and a magical place for children. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Okay. Next question: What one thing would you uninvent, and why? Mine. Okay, it's just a word. You know how some people can't stand the word moist. Yes. I cannot stand the word guac, and I want it gone forever. I hate when people as as abbreviation for guacamole. Yes, I hate it. I hate it so much. If somebody says, "Do you want to share some?" Guac and chips, like not anymore. <laughs> no, that's disgusting. I don't know why. I did. I want to uninvent that. I do not think you should abbreviate it. Call it guacamole. If you ask me if I want guac and chips, I will say no. But if you ask me if I want guacamole and chips, I'll say yes. It gross. It just really grosses me out. And something I, about the phonetic sound of the of the wa in the middle. Like, yeah, I don't. Maybe. Yeah. I don't know, but ever since, and like my husband, he always is like. He abbreviates everything like guac, mac. Like I'm like, no, it's macaroni and cheese. Like just say, mac. I'm making macaroni and cheese for the kids. Like don't. Like I'm gonna make some mac. Like that drives me crazy. I don't <laughs> like. Make some mac. Um, Wait, what about mac and cheese? That's a that's a little better. Okay. We're getting there. We're okay. getting there. But I know it's really stupid. I couldn't think of anything. But I was just like, I just hate the word guac. So Holy much. guacamole, <laughs> Mr. Pulis. <laughs> what would you on that? Wait, real quick, I want to say something about the yeah. abbreviating things. There's a great Brooklyn Nine-Nine episode where he says to the captain, BRB, and he's like, what's that stand for? He says, be right back. He goes, it's the same number of syllables. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so. I thought about my phone. I mean, it's one of those things that um, my daughter 
broke her phone the other day and the panic I saw in her of needing a new phone that quick uh, kind of scared me and uh, and realizing just myself that yeah I spent enough time on it that uh, I think cell phones are one of those things that I would uninvent mm-hmm. just to foster more connectivity among people so and that is like every fourth answer we get is a cell phone sort of smartphones or yeah. some social media yeah but I think you're right about because if you if you if we all broke our phones we would have to have more face-to-face conversations and it would increase connectivity. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Very good. All right. Well, off of that, is there any general life advice that you would like to share? Mine's pretty generic, but I just, I'm really big on like finding joy. Like you can find it anywhere. And I think the word find is really important because a lot of people think joy is just a feeling and it comes to you and like, I feel good today. But sometimes you really have to go out of your way to find something that is going to turn your day around. Mm. And I think it's just being mindful of that. Like, okay, maybe this morning didn't start off great and it's been a rough afternoon, but now you're sitting there and you're at lunch. Reflect on something because surely you can find one thing that went right. And maybe it's like the other day I caught myself being just kind of in a grumpy mood and I was like, okay, I'm going to figure out one thing. And I was like, I had a car that got me to work today. So I am thankful for my car Mm -hmm. and I am going to be thankful for it when I get in the car to go home because I'll be warm and it's so silly. But sometimes you get in that negative mindset that you have to go find something. So just find joy every day Mm -hmm. in the little things and the big things. You can do it. I like that. It's it's find, it's search, it's an active verb. Mm -hmm. It's not just going to come to you. You have to go and do something. Mm -hmm. How do you say joy in French? Is it Um, joie? Oh. Ah. Interesting. to quote the last episode, you're what the French call les incompetents. <laughs> yeah, I mean, this question, general life advice, it's kind of like, what do I have to pass on? But I think in listening to Ashley, it made me think one of the things, ways I find joy is, is trying to connect with people that are kind of on the fringe. And so just made me think about like just in the past few weeks, like kids who were turning, I had a student turning in a paper that was about like their favorite Christmas song and in the paper, they describe how their dad left the house, maybe not to come back over the weekend, mm. you know? Wow. Like, like just that weekend? Just that weekend. Oh, wow. so it was you know, And then, yeah, and then thinking, oh, like, that's why this kid's acting out in class today. Or I have a student right now who's, whose mother's in hospice. And I don't know, just like, I love connecting with those kind of folks mm-hmm. that are on the edge. And it, it brings me joy just to believe that hopefully I'm giving them something that, that is helpful to their day. It also just reminds me of how good my life is. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So um, I think just looking to those kind of people is good advice of take care of those on the fringe, mm-hmm. the people on the fringe. Take care of them, yeah. Yeah. That's very good. All, All right. right. Well, thank you guys so much for taking time out of your busy days uh, and making time for us and great topic and great discussion. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you both. Thanks a lot. All right. Thank you for listening to The Bolt Podcast. Follow us on Twitter at The Bolt Pod for episode updates or reach out to us at thebolt at trinitybasin.net. As always, do more, expect more, and be more. Beyonce or Rihanna? Similarly, I would pick Rihanna, I think. I, I don't know many Beyonce songs and only a few Rihanna. So. Okay, okay. Carrie-Anne's going to tell you why you're wrong. That is not okay. <laughs> <laughs> Beyonce. Uh, okay, and why? 
She's amazing. <laughs> and you've, you've seen her in with concert. Jay-Z on, on the run tour? Twice. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. It's like so I'm seeing some, some like favoritism yeah. here of you're feeding her like no, but I said I said I said like he, he can he can vouch like I. What I are both of your favorite things about first grade? Go. <laughs> <laughs> 